Welcome to the Trade Table on SIN 90.7 for all you need to know about the trade and free agency period powered by AFL-TRDON. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the trade table or follow us on Twitter at the trade table. Hello and welcome to the Trade Table once again. We are coming at you live on SIN 90.7 as well as through our Facebook page on Facebook Live. We are back from the weekend on a beautiful Monday afternoon and we have a heap of trade news to get through. We're also looking at Essendon Sydney in our club focus and we have some more Think on Your Feet questions coming your way. My name is Dylan. To my right is Billy. How are we going, Bill? Excited. Lots of news to talk about. Lots of news of the day. I can't wait to get into it. I'll be talking about Sydney later. Um... I'm quite gung-ho on their list, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. How about yourself, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm glad we're back from the weekend. Um, Glad that there's some deals actually finally happening, but there's only three and a half days left. It's uh, quite a strange feeling that it's gone so quickly. And we have our panellist, Benno. How are we going, mate? Yeah, not too bad. It's a Monday, so getting back into the swing of it. Second week of the trade period already. Feels like it's flown by. And just happy that we've actually got some things to talk about today. Yeah, do we ever. We have, first off, Adam Saad. He's joined the Dons. Essendon have given Gold Coast their second round pick for next year. Fair deal. Benno, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a fair deal. Um, Gold Coast might have been might have received slightly unders for Saad. Depending on where Essendon finish next year, if Essendon finish really low on the ladder, this might actually be a win, a win for Gold Coast. But as it stands... Essendon finishes around that predicted eighth spot. Essendon wins this deal, but it's I think it's a lot closer than some people might be saying. What do you think, Jim? I think it's about right, and I think you're right, Ben. It really depends on where Essendon finish next year. Um, if if they could get a pick as high as the early 20s, or they could get a pick as low as the, the mid-30s. So, um, yeah, it probably seems about right. I mean, I think... People's opinions on Adam Sada are a bit speculative as well. I know Billy doesn't really rate him. Um, so what do you think about it, Billy? Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain and say that he's slightly overrated. Um, I think he's fits into the run-and-gun mould of the Essendon team really well. So I think it is a good fit. But I think people are overrating him. Look, I think he's a poor man's harbrow for me. He's got the pace. He's got the agility. But... He is more of a one-way one way runner and uh, his disposal isn't quite up to scratch for mine. Uh, I think he's terrific bursting out of that back line and he's exciting and we all love to watch him, but I'm not sure about his defensive capabilities and his poise under pressure. So I do have question marks, that's for sure. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it later when Ben gets into the Essendon list, but I think he, he almost takes Conor, Conor McKenna's spot. Um, in that back line. It's an interesting one. Um, well, this also means, as it stands, uh, pick 25 and 30 are what the Dons have to give for uh, Jake Stringer. Is this enough? Jimmy, what do we think? I think it might have to be enough. Um, it doesn't sound like Essendon's got a lot left to give. They've given up their first pick 11. They've given up their second rounder for next year, meaning they can't trade anything else for next year. Um, and so this is all they've got left. It, unless they do something with Francis and or Collier... Um, they might be able to get themselves up a little bit, but um, I don't know if either of them are going to be like genuine first-round picks, if, even if they do trade them. So, I mean, maybe Francis, but still. So I think the Bulldogs might have to settle for 25 and 30. It is interesting as well because it came out recently that um, the Dogs rejected Essendon's pick uh, 11. So GWS jumped on that quickly and gave him uh, Devin Smith for uh, pick 11. Is this a missed opportunity for the Dogs? Uh, Benno, 
Yeah, I think the dogs the dogs have backed themselves into a corner going too hardball at the trade table. Oh. Cheeky plug for our own show. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the dogs... I mean, GWS jumped to that pick 11. The dogs should have taken it and ran. Now they've got Stringer to deal with. Essendon doesn't have that much. Have that much. Maybe he looks at... They look at trying to trade him to another club, but I think they've completely stuffed this one up. And behind the scenes, they might be panicking. Yeah, I think it's gone too far for another club to get involved. I mean, maybe, who knows? Nothing surprises me anymore. But, uh, yeah, I think they did back themselves into a little bit of a corner. It was basically Devin Smith's trade, which was Devin Smith and a late 20s pick for pick 11. Um, but put Stringer into that, and the Dogs rejected that. So, for mine, that's better than 25 and 30, which they're being offered now. Yeah, it's a it's a potential doomsday sort of scenario for the Dogs. If they, if they end up... Uh, not being able to do a deal and having to keep Stringer, um, I think it's a really bad situation for both both the Western Bulldogs and Stringer himself. I mean, Stringer's gone out and said he doesn't want to be there. Uh, f- uh, just full stop. Uh, he has no interest in staying. So, well, I why think, would you want to be there if you don't? If, yeah. if they're not wanting you, exactly. So, they need to do a deal soon, and I'm sure they'll get a deal done. But it's it's um. It's looking a little bit risky at this stage. Yeah, um, moving on to a little bit of uh, news uh, with Geelong. Uh, they've been offered pick 19 as compensation for Stephen Motlop, uh, who is going to Port Adelaide. Jimmy, is this fair? You'd be really happy with pick 19. Uh, pick 19, yeah, wrapped. Wasn't expecting it. Um, we were all expecting 35, but um, we can talk about the way compensation works, um, but I'd... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm loving it. I think Geelong will be throwing a party, um, and mate, pick pick 19 gets us back in the race for Watts potentially. Um, yeah, it's it's a great pickup for us. I'm not complaining they'll at all. They'll be sitting back, drinking their champagne at Geelong. They'll be they'll be absolutely loving this deal, and I think um, it's a steal. It's been recognised as a steal, but uh, there's no doubt Stephen Motlop's a terrific player. Um, I think what really did it was his final series. Uh, he put together those outstanding games when it counted and really showed that when it's on the line, he is a player that can be the difference. Uh, he was really influential in their upset win over the over the Swannies. So I think uh, he's a great fit for Port and they've got a really dangerous-looking forward line for next year. I don't know how I feel about the compensation. I mean, pick 19 for Motlop is the same what the Hawks got for Franklin. Is and I don't think Motlop's in that same class. You might disagree, Jimmy, but I'm not. I don't. I don't think anyone would disagree with that no. deal. No, no, and but that just speaks to the conversation in general. Like I know Geelong seem to have benefited out of this, but um, I don't know if it should exist. Full stop. I mean, pretty much no other sport has conversation for free agents, and I think, especially when we don't know the guidelines and the rules about by which the AFL decides what conversation clubs get, so they can pretty much do what they want. Um, we speculate about ladder position, we speculate about salaries, about age, about the top 25% and all this stuff, but we don't actually know how they decide, which means they can chop and change how they like, which means they can give clubs whatever they want. Um, so, I mean, James Frawley doesn't exactly deserve a pick three, does he, for Melbourne? So, But the, but then they change their minds after that and then they, it's, it's just, it's all over the shop for me. Just scrap it and um, keep it simple. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, speaking of Port Adelaide as well, uh, Herald Sun reported on the weekend uh, that Jack Watts has chosen Port as his destination. 
However, they are yet to confirm anything publicly. Uh, do you think with pick 19 now, is Geelong still in the race? Um, what would Port give for Melbourne to Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, look, I think it uh, must put Geelong firmly in the race if it, Watts is still interested in going there. Um, looking at Port's uh, picks, they haven't really got a lot to offer. They've got pick 31, pick 34, whereas Geelong got pick 19 and pick 22. So... I mean, I know Geelong don't really want to give up pick 19 now, but pick 22 potentially is better than either 31 or 34 from Port. Well, it's interesting, though, because the, the D's wanted um, a second, early second rounder, so they might get that now. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be quite happy um, as a D's man if uh, we were going to get Motlop. If we want to get, sorry, uh, pick 19 for uh, Jack Watts, I think, you know, that's a real good deal for Melbourne. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, actually... What happens? Uh, speaking of Port as well, Aaron Young's expected to ex- be exploring his options. Porting, uh, he's going to might be going to the Gold Coast. Benno, you actually said before that Gold Coast might be a destination club. Okay, yeah, I was saying before that uh, Gold Coast maybe a little bit of a destination club. Aaron Young going there, they need experienced players. I mean, a good pick up for them if they can get the deal done cheaply. Yeah, and Lockie Weller obviously expressing his interest in going there too. I mean, I don't know if they're quite the destination club, but mm. it's nice to see some players actually interested in going there than just leaving there. So. It's a big call with Aaron Young, but Young Weller is a terrific player, and I think that would be a huge move for them. He would be uh, sort of uh, the face of their young brigade. Um, he's a terrific player that Fremantle definitely want to hold on to, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops, Still, On that... Uh there's actually been a through a deal being discussed between Weller, Nathan Wilson, and a second-round Gold Coast pick between Suns, Dockers, and Giants. <laughs> what do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, um, it could work. I mean, I'm not sure whether Frio get like a win, win out of this kind of trade. I mean, basically that means they get in Wilson and they lose uh, Lucky Weller. So I don't know if that's a like-for-like. Like. I don't even know if it's, that's a win. For GWS and for Gold Coast, I think that's definitely a win. Yeah, I think we'll need to see a sweetener thrown in. Mm. Maybe, oh, I don't know, I'd like to see a second or third round pick thrown in, and that makes the deal fair. I mean, it, this uh, Weller leaving kind of negates the, the win of potentially getting in Wilson, makes it an even field, and I'd almost say Fremantle, despite getting in Wilson, lose this deal. Yeah, I think if Weller leaves, it'll be one of those with the Brisbane boys, with the Doherty's and the Yo's, will be saying, oh, they couldn't hold on to them and it's really cost them. Uh, I think Weller's someone that they absolutely have to hold on to, and I think they they they're going to try their best. But if he wants to move home, it's 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 difficult. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, the issue they have is that he's out of contract at the end of next year. So, mm. and basically, their manager uh, went on uh, NAB Trade Radios today and said, if it's not this year, it's next year. So, it kind of makes sense to get something for him now um, before losing him for nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, I know Freo rate him. They had a four-year deal on, on the table for him. Um, but it was just what a great get that would be for Gold Coast. I think he, this could be the new face of that side. I think he's an absolute gun. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge win for the uh, for Sun, sorry. Speaking of uh, Gold Coast, uh, North Melbourne midfielder uh, Andrew Swallow might be moving back to the Gold Coast to join his brother David. Boys, what do we think of this? I think it's a good, uh, good move for probably both clubs. I think... Um, uh, North Melbourne could get something out of this. They need someone in their midfield that you know could really help. Uh, while I think um, Swallow moving up to Gold Coast, you know he's still a good player. You know he's not as good as he probably used to be, but he could really help out that uh, midfield up at uh, Gold Coast. Yeah, he could he could do a good solid uh, mentoring role for that young midfield. Um, he's a ball winner, which they need, 
And to be honest, he's got one year left on his contract. And if he didn't have that, I don't know if North would be resigning him anyway. So I don't think it's a huge loss for North necessarily. Well, North have said they're not going to stand in his way if he wants to go. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. we could see a trade deal done in the next coming days. The, the only consideration for North would be with all the experience they've lost and all they've cut in the last couple of years, do they want another um, experienced player leaving? But in saying that, I don't even know if he makes it in their best yeah, exactly. 22. So... It pro- I think they probably just let him go. If if they can figure out something um, that works, and it sounds like all three parties would be interested, if that's the case, I think the deal gets done. So what we're going to be looking at is a little bit of our clubs in focus. Uh, we got Essendon coming up, who they return to the finals uh, this year for the first time uh, in a little bit. Uh, Benno, you're taking on uh, the Dons, your own team. What do you reckon, mate? What have you got for us? Look, well, Ooh, I tried this to be, is big. Yeah, I tried to be as non-biased as possible after a few rough years I mean with the Asada thing with the suspensions of last year Essendon saw a return to the finals last year got their full team back on the park last year um, it unearthed a lot of young guns in that period especially in 2016 saw the uh, saw I guess the arrival of players like Orazio Fantasia Anthony D- uh, McDonald Tiffin Woody also saw Essendon get that number one draft pick which they turned into Andrew McGrath and Essendon's been active over this trade period already. They've secured Devin Smith from GWS, and they've secured Adam Sarda for the Suns with a deal for Jake Springer expected. Not 100% confirmed, but that is expected. So I've put together what I think will be the best 22 for next year. In the back line, I've got Gleason, Hurley, Bagley, McKenna, Hooker, and Saad. I think that back line pretty much picks itself. Gleason is the only one that might, might miss out on a game. Bagley plays tall or small. He's a I really like him as a defender. And Essendon seems to really like him. They made him vice-captain during 2016. Hmm. Hurley, obviously, he he plays... He, he basically marshals that back line, plays on the best defender, sometimes plays on the second best defender to get get a bit of runoff half-back. Uh, half genuine star. Yeah, genuine star. Um, McKenna and Saad, they'll play off those half-back flanks. Just one, McKenna and Saad. I'm sorry to throw this at you last minute, but do you think with their, like, their quick players, but not necessarily shut down defenders. How do you think they play against a smaller forward line if they if they haven't got some like genuine Ooh. shut down back pockets? Oh well, well the thing is if we're playing against a really small team, what I would see probably is maybe one of them. I'd probably say uh, McKenna. He yeah. goes down. Yeah. And um, Ambrose comes into the team. Yeah. Which because yeah. Ambrose Ambrose is a small defender. Him or Hartley, I yeah. would they're say... They're better defensively. Well, they're better running th- defensively, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I I think McKenna's probably the one that doesn't have that lockdown tendencies. No. Saad has, a, has, um, Saad has a, a shown ability to lock down, but that's something they'll be working o- yeah. on over the off-season. Yeah. For sure. You don't, you don't want too many lockdown defenders. You've got Bagley as an absolute lockdown defender. Yeah. Yeah. I think most clubs run with one. We've got Nick Smith in Sydney... Neville Jetter at, at D's. I think that's that's the formula these days. One sort of small lockdown defender. Yeah, but I, all my, all my only thought was if McKenna and Saad are pretty much genuine runners, like that's, that's yeah. what they're in the side to do. Mm. They've you've got to be able to play both ways, like well. Mm. So can they afford two players like that in the same back line? Mm. I think McKenna's the one that has to. De- I don't think Saad's ever going to develop a huge. I mean, he's, he applies great defensive pressure, but I'm not sure about. The overhead stuff. I think McKenna has to step his game up yeah. in that facet. Yeah. Yeah, I think in that and that uh, I guess bringing that defensive game into his his uh, game. It, if he can do that, it will elevate him to the next level. Yeah. Mm, At the moment, definitely. he's a very good speedster, but 
he he does tend to get shown up by good teams. Yep. Um, in the centre, I've got Zaharakis, Heppel, and McGrath. I think the Saad the Saad move into half back will see McGrath move into a wing position. Yeah. But I think we'll we'll see you know, in twenty eighteen McGrath won't play full games in the midfield. I think it's too much for him. Yep. I think he'll play he'll play out quarters there. Maybe even halves, but we'll see him rotated through there across half back. But they're looking to transition him eventually yeah. into that full midfield role. I think, yeah, by the end of his career, McGrath will be known as a midfielder, I think. But I just think for a second year player, it will be hard. I think he'll have an apprenticeship in there. He'll play full quarters, but playing full games, I'm still skeptical about. Um, so I've got Zaharakis, Heppel, McGrath. Zaharakis, he can play inside. He was. Uh, learning a little bit of inside mid in the later half of last year, and it was really paying dividends for him. But we still like we still need to see more from Essendon. We still need to see more inside uh, mids, yep. and that's something I'll bring up later. Half forward, we've, we've got Smith, Stewart, Waller. Um, Smith improves that forward line greatly. I think he'll also run through the midfield. I think he'll m- possibly rotate with McGrath. He'll we'll see them in terms of McGrath can play forward. Yep. Um, he played forward sparingly last year. I think they'll rotate through. Stewart is a second forward, replaces Hooker. Hooker, Hooker I think, He's will a better, move back in better defender than a fo- forward? The, the debate is there, but I think for Essendon to go t- towards a premiership, Hooker will play defence. And they've got to back Stewart in. Yeah, you've got to back Stewart in. You, they, he was brought in for cheap as chips last year, but he did get enough game time to prove himself, and I think he'll be given more time uh, next year. Uh, Waller runs out that half forward line. He can play wherever though. Yep. He's very much a utility of the team. Um, in the forward line, I've got Begley, Danaher, and Fantasia. Begley, I've got a, a an asterisk next to. It. He becomes Stringer if Stringer uh, and as he should comes to Essendon. Begley then moves to the bench. Uh, Let's just look at that forward line though. If Stringer comes in, that's Smith, Stewart, um, Tip and Woody, um, Stringer, Danaher, and Fantasia. That's not a bad starting six in Bloody your forward hell. line, is it? I'll take you take that every day of the week. Yeah, that's that's genuinely improved your forward line um, I, for the next season. I think um, if that's the case, though, uh, it is a good forward line. But we've got Danaher as the only real tall, uh, high marking star in that forward line, and Stringer would need to step up as that key. And I think there's been a lot of talk. Uh, about him running through the midfield. So where do you see him playing? Do you see him playing as that key forward, Ben? No, I think he'll move into the midfield. I think Stewart is better than people give him credit for, yeah, but okay. I also think he's young. I think he's got to okay. put on some muscle. Mm. Yep. That, is a, that is a major issue. You would need him to really elevate yep. his yep. game. Stewart though. needs to take the next step. Yeah. I mean, we did we did see Richmond win a premiership with, with Jack Rewald and five smalls around him. So it, True. But yep. I think the way that Essendon plays, you will need that second tall forward. Yep. Um, but they didn't have Tyrone Vickery, who's sort of... Uh, I, I'd compare him to Stewart at this stage of his career. But Stewart could take that next step Interesting for sure. Interesting well, call. Tyrone was at uh, Hawthorne last year, so not sure how he helps Richmond. Oh, no, in general. As a general yeah. player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Um, yeah. All right, so you interchange, Benno. Well, in the rucks, just quickly, oh, Bell Chambers, Merritt, Parrish. Hopefully Parrish goes on, on on with it next year. I mean, you can debate between Bell Chambers and Lewenberger. It's pretty much whichever one hasn't fallen apart at the time. <laughs> <laughs> <It's pretty> much. <laughs> Someone tweet that. <laughs> it's true. It, it, it yeah, is true, though. As Essendon fans would know, they... They're both they're, made of tape, aren't they? They're both made of tape. 
the the ruck is something mm. where Essendon struggles, and Danaher does drift into the rucks, but at least one ruckman needs to be fit at all. Bell, times. Bell Chambers really sort of stepped up in yeah. that second half of the year, though, didn't he, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, Bell Chambers definitely shows a lot sometimes, mm. but other times he just goes missing. But he did have some standout games. On the interchange, Goddard, Collier, Ambrose and Francis round out the team. Unlucky, I've got uh, Laverde, Myers, Langford, Day, Green and Hartley, mainly because I can't decide who makes up those f- final four spots. Goddard, I think, has to get one because it's Brendan Goddard. Obviously, you need to play him. The problem is I don't know where he fits into the team. He probably no. plays off that half-back yeah. line or in the centre. But he's going to be used, I feel, as more a plug this hole here, go here, go mm. here, because he knows how to play pretty much every position. But well, then from there, it's basically, I think, a uh, trial and error. And that's and that's something that I think Essendon is good with. They've developed a lot of depth, which is a problem that past Essendon teams have had in terms of they may have had a good best 22, but as soon as someone goes down, there's no like-for-like like swap. It's more this player is such-and-such such quality, and then the player coming in is a bit below him. My uh, question is, you said um, Begley moves to the bench if Stringer comes in. Who moves out of that uh, interchange then? I would say probably Collier. Collier. But that's a tough one. For me, Ambrose needs to play. He's, he was playing best 22 footy uh, for a, for last year. Um I think I think he's best twenty two quality, but it's really pretty much who are you matching up on is what I think, and yep. I think that's a strength of Essendon going into twenty eighteen. Is a bit that more flexibility? There's more flexibility than we've seen from past teams, and we've seen with a lot of the success, successful teams uh, of recent, their flexibility is what allows them to match up on pretty much any team. It's not, it's not so much uh, their best twenty two can outgun another best twenty two. It's how good is their best twenty five to twenty eight. Mm. Yep. So. What, what Essendon has, a potent forward line, as we mentioned. Their, their forward line is only set to improve with the addition of Devin Smith rotating, th- rotating through there as well as the potential addition of Jake Stringer. Also, Danaher, Walla, uh, Fantasia only continue to get older and get more experience. Yep. The back line as well, Hur- Hurley and Hooker potentially down back. The addition of Saad, just, it, strengthens, it strengthens. And it's not like Hurley is old by any means. No. He, and he, he will be better for the year back. Him and Hooker will be better for the year back. I think that back line only gets stronger. However, and here is the knock that pretty much everyone has on Essendon. Yep. And if you, if you want to see it in action, go and watch that Essendon-Sydney game. Watch that second quarter, and you will see how badly Essendon got bullied in the midfield. You mean the final? The, yeah, the, the final. Nash final. Yep. Yeah, inside mids. Inside mids, inside mids. Essendon got ripped apart by Sydney. There's no other way to put it. Josh Kennedy and co. bullied Essendon. Yeah. They were always first to the ball. Essendon was second to the ball. And when they got the ball, they didn't know what to do with it. They were running around like headless chooks. Out-pressured. And they were out-pressured, out-muscled, out-bodied. Essendon needs inside mids. If they don't get inside mids, if they don't find someone, whether it be in the draft, in their team to play inside mid, they're going to be a team of a lot of outside mids they get the ball and beat up weak opposition, and then they play the good teams in the finals, and they're, they're in trouble. Yep. So, what are you expecting Essendon to go at for this year's draft table, Ben? I think midfielders will be looking. At, will be looking for Essendon to get midfielders. I reckon. I reckon tall body, tall bodied midfielders is what they need because I've got enough uh, outside class in Zaharakis, yep. Merritt, Parish. 
But they were all big body, mid. probably a big so body. So a Crip, yeah. Spontempelli type figure. Yeah, power peppers even. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a bit, maybe you're a bit more matured bodies probably. Mm. Yeah, I think a mature body. Someone, a power pepper would have been a great pickup last year for Essendon. Yeah. Live so learn. specifically, who are we looking at there, Ben? Well, the problem is Essendon's traded away their pick, their pick 11, which mm. would have seen them pick up someone really quality. They've got pick 24, pick 29. Which 40. are, sorry, which are now 25 and 30, by the way. Yeah. But yep. yep. What so, are the steals they're going to get? Well... If Lockie Fogarty is going to be there around that range, which he looks like he should be, we talked about him on Friday potentially for West Coast, but he may not even get that far if Essendon want to add some class and poise as well as inside grunt to their Mm. midfield with Fogarty. He's as clean as they come, and he would really add something to Essendon's midfield. May even get a game round one. I remember watching him when he was in year 10 playing for the first at St Kevin's, and he is unbelievably skillful. Like, he's just can hit targets like you wouldn't believe. So I think he's a bit of a... He slid down the draft order a little bit, and that, that definitely could be a, a steal for the Bombers, Ben. You scout them early, don't you, Bill? Yeah. You're on to yeah. it, mate. Yeah. Oh, Bill yeah. knows what he's talking about. Bill's been planning for the shows for years. <laughs> 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 he's been, he's been right. scouring, scouring all the school footy teams. He's yeah, been looking for right. it. Uh, at, pick, at pick 30, James Warpower would fit here well, would fit in well for the Bombers. Big body midfielder who's ready to play AFL right now, which is something that they'll be looking to get out of their of their draft hopefuls. The beast in the contest, dominated TSA Cup. As soon as he walked into his bottom eight year, he was ready to go. Zach Bailey's another inside mid with a burst of pace who could be looked at here. But Warpower will be the one that they've got on the whiteboard. So uh, what needs to happen? So what needs to happen for them next year? They need to establish a solid best 22. Um, in 2017, there was a lot of shuffling around, trying to work out the best best pieces for the Bombers. In 2018, we hope... We'll be, like, the footy world the footy world will be hoping that Warsfold can establish a best 22 because otherwise it could be another year of Essendon sitting around that 7-8 to eight mark and the Ruckman need to hold their own. Essendon struggles in the midfield and another great year from Bell Chambers, hopefully elevating himself a couple of levels. And Lewenberger as well. Lewenberger is no slouch, but mm. Bell Chambers is the one I see Essendon taking into round one 2018. If they can have a great year, then it helps Essendon deal with that midfield uh, pressure. Do you see Danaher taking yet another step forward uh, in 2018, Ben? I don't... Maybe not this year. It depends on the midfield delivery because a lot of the time he was targeted almost too much. If he can be given more space, but also in terms of the four line around him, he could take another step, but I think he'll stay at the level just for another year. He's a definite barometer for Essendon, isn't he? So if he's if he all of a sudden struggles, I think that's that's a big concern for him yeah. for that's, them that's, as, a, but as a team. I, I completely agree with that. But that is where it helps with the additions of Smith and Stringer. You're, di- mm. you're diversifying your goal kickers. You're not relying yeah. less reliance on. You them. don't want one guy. Like no. it's, it's great if it happens, but you don't want to rely on that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And what can't happen for Essendon, as Bill mentioned, Danaher, you can't go backwards. Essendon looked at their best when Danaher was at his best. Uh, no coincidence. So if he can be taking contested marks, it'll be good for Essendon. But if he's, if he kind of fades back and goes back to his inaccurate ways, Essendon could be in a lot of pain. And their young talent. Their young talent is also a, a big focus of Essendon. If they stagnate or if they even go backwards, Essendon's going to go backwards. There's no really two ways about it. All right, let's get into the prediction, the, what we all came to listen Ooh. to. Look, I, I think the best case for scenario, scenario for Essendon next year is 14 to 15 wins. They did have a very easy draw this year, so they might, they might drop a couple of wins that they might have picked up as cheapies last year, but hopefully the, 
the um, I guess the off season will help them get towards 15 wins. Worst case, nine to ten wins, really stagnating. Prediction: 13 wins. Uh, Essen will be looking to play a, a home elimination final in 2018, and if Essen continues their form from last year, they'll be well on the way to achieving that goal. Essendon play their best footy at Etihad, and a home elimination final might just see them get their first win, a finals win since 2004. Um, quickly, look, boys, a bit of breaking news. Um, Mitch Clews just reported that Colin Garland for the D's could retire this year. His ACL is stuffed. Um, he uh, injured it uh, last year, didn't play at the season at all, and yeah, he could retire. Wow. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, <laughs> Dylan. It's, it's not That's the biggest breaking news I've ever heard, but no. Nah. Oh, it's pretty important. Nah, I mean, who, nah. who did the Melbourne side? Cole's to the Demon supporter. Cole's yeah. one of our favourites. He was, when we were struggling, he was always there. Not the most talented of footballers, but uh, he's got a place in my heart and uh, may uh, enjoy himself post football. Oh, he's a. You know, he's a star. I don't think he was getting a game yet. No, anyway, he wasn't going to get a game, but it is always sad to see uh, guys go out oh, on yeah, their own yeah. terms. Um, a bit like Mumford, I guess. Yeah, mm. a little bit, hey. Um, we're going to quickly now go to you, Billy. Your club in focus today. Here we go. You the Swannies. Well, I think Ben could have talked for an hour about Essendon. I'll try and keep it as short as I can. Yeah, oh, so, right. sorry about that, guys. I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> no, we loved it. Um, so last time I had North Melbourne, and I was I was very pessimistic about their chances. I'm on the absolute other side of the scales today. So I've got Sydney, and I see their best 22 being Nick Smith, Heath Grundy, and Callum Mills. Then in the half-back line, Jared McVeigh, Dane Rampey, and Zach Jones. The centre line, Jake Lloyd on the wing, Heaney and Dan Hanabry. Uh, half forwards, uh, Tom Papley, Lance Franklin and Kieran Jack. And then the, uh, to round out the forward line, I've got Gary Rowan, Kurt Tippett, which is the big one, and Sam Reid. Uh, the Ruck, Callum Sinclair, Josh P. Kennedy and Luke Parker. Uh, the interchange, I've gone for Nick Newman, George Hewitt, Hewitt, Will Hayward and Dean Towers. It's pretty fi- hard to find a hole in that side. Yeah, so I think the the main point of contention with that one is the ruck situation. Yeah. Uh, so unlucky to miss. I've got Sam Naismith, clearly unlucky to miss. Miss played a lot of games this year. Um, I just see Kurt Tippett. If he gets a full preseason under his belt, if he's playing well in the preseason, I, I just see him getting a game. And I, I really liked Sinclair's back half of the year. I think they really like him. Tippett played his best football in the ruck. Um, so I think that's his role for Sydney. He's no longer that key post forward that stays, uh, you know, inside the forward 50 for most of the game. I think he's really impacts the balls around the contests. Yeah, his, his issues is consistency, isn't it? Um, yeah, and I completely agree. His best football is played when he's not 100% forward. Um, the, his issue is just, like you said, staying fit. And he's just had a, I think it's an ankle reconstruction. So whether that means that impacts his preseason or not, I don't know. If yeah, it, if he's if he's not fit, I think uh, they run with Naismith as yeah, that yeah. number one ruck. And, Who's no slouch. And back, no slouch at all. And back... Uh, back Sinclair to be that key post up forward. I find it uh, interesting, no, earlier, earlier. I mean, he was probably on that fringe throughout mm. 2017. Yeah, I think um, he's one for the future for the Swans. I think they they uh, they like him. I just don't think he's getting a game in their team. Uh, 
not when you've got Heath Grundy, Dane Rampey, Nick Smith, Callum Mills in that back line. It is a good back it's, line. It's, a yeah. very, it's probably arguably the best defence in the league. Yeah, like the so... Best. So to tough, tough uh, backline to break into. Yeah, he's definitely, definitely got the talent, and I think we'll see him be be one of those important players for Sydney, but maybe not this year. Just quickly wondering, where's Lewis Mulligan? Yeah, same, same. The Pelican. Situ- the, the Pelican. <laughs> same situation for me, Dylan. Um, I just don't think he quite gets a game. I, th- I know he played a lot uh, this year. I just think. This was their back six running into the finals and the back half of the year, and it really worked for them. So I think they're going to continue to run with this. Do you want to say no? Cool. Uh, so moving on uh, to what they have. So that was very smooth, Dylan. Thanks for that. Uh, James puts his hand up. <laughs> uh, so, so Sydney, great communication between the trade table as always. Uh <laughs> What they have, uh, where where do I start there? Uh, Sydney have one of the best midfielders mid- midfields in the competition, and that's been their building block for success for a long time now. Uh, we know that Kennedy, Parker, Hanabry, they're all tremendous players, and uh, I think the emergence of Heaney in the middle last year adds an element of class to that hard edge, which is really important for them. They've also got a dynamic forward line. I think a guy called Lance Franklin goes all right as their... As their go-to guy. Who? So. Uh, they call him Buddy. I don't know. Um, but I think he's going to be all right. Um, and then they've got Sam Reid, who's a very impre- impressive player. Sinclair, Rowan, even young Haywood offer great support as those secondary talls, secondary third talls. And Tom Papley had a standout year last year and his, in his career, and I think there's no reason why that's not set to continue. Do you think... Um McVeigh staying on, and because there was talk they were going to get rid of him, or they're not going to re-sign him. Do you think he's a is a necessary part of that side, Sydney side still, or do oh, you reckon he's holding back the youth? Most definitely a necessary part of that side. They're going for the premiership. Uh, they're in the premiership window. They've got so many, so many top end players, and McVeigh's just such a classy player coming out of that defensive fifty. He never misses a target. Yeah. He, he's a gun. I don't know why yeah. there was even talk of, oh, we may not keep him Yeah, I was, I was very surprised by it. And I think, I mean, Billy's going to get onto it, but I think one of their more, one of their more weaknesses is from the back line and in the midfield is good users, mm. of which yeah. McVeigh is definitely. Elite, so. He, compl- he compliments someone like um, Zach Jones really well, um, yep. who's a sort of crash and bash type player, run through and bomb it long, but, um, which is very effective for the Swans, but it, it complements... Yep that sort of player greatly. Um, Jake Lloyd's another one who's plays on the wing. Lloydy, we love him here at the trade table, Lloydy. Uh, he's, a, he's a good user. He knows how to find space. He's a clever player. I really like Lloydy. Uh, what do they need? I'm clutching at straws here. I really like their team. I think perhaps high kicking efficiency in their midfield. Um, you know, Kennedy, Parker, Hanabry, not not really known for their penetrating uh, accurate kicks. I think someone like a uh, someone like a Pendlebury would be handy to compliment those players <laughs> if, if you only, don't mind. If yeah. only. Uh, and message from Hampton Billy. Uh, now we're gonna we're gonna look into the draft there, uh, and Sydney's got pick fourteen, so I'm gonna be looking at that pick. And I really, really like Aaron Norton from WA uh, just because we see Grundy's on his last year, uh, maybe last year or two. 
uh, on his last leg. So a young key position defender, 194 centimetres, 85 kilos, would be great to sort of um, transition him into the side along with the likes of Melikan and Alir Alir. They could go for someone like um, Aidan Bonner, who's an inside midfielder, um, can play forward. He's a big body, uh, 86 kilos, 188 centimetres. He's really been a bolter in the TAC Cup, played great for the second half of the season. So I really, I really like Bonner there. And in terms of their prediction, um, I'm going with first. Uh, I think... That's huge. That's a big call. They've... I don't they've mind got, it. They've got so much young oh. talent, top-end talent. Uh, they're a balanced team for mine. I think perhaps there's question marks over that small forward role. Yep. But I yep. really rate Tom Papley. Um, and I think, if anything, in terms of finishing that package, they might want to uh, bets or... Uh, um, Scarlet type player yep. coming they, through the ranks, but would they that's go for a, that's a, Jack, a luxury. If if Jack Higgins slid, would they go for someone like that? Yeah, if he slips, they they could go for someone like that. But yep. I don't think he'll be available that late in the draft. Do you reckon someone like a Paul Pawlo would fit into that side? <laughs> Has he? <laughs> Has, what's he got left in him? <laughs> Oh, I was telling the other day, like he was done. <laughs> like he, he, Look, it couldn't I, hurt. I think it's a great shout. I think the poppy's just what they need to get that premiership. <laughs> They've been close, but once they get the poppy, they'll be they'll be on track. No, it's not um, the worst. It's not the worst. Not the goal in the I world. do, I do oh, like, I, I do <laughs> like. Um, I wouldn't say it's one of the best. I but do <laughs> like them finishing first, though. I think. Um, They've been in and around that sort of uh, grand final mark. They made the grand final in 2016. Yeah. They got to um, the semi. They've They're... been pipped at the post, and yeah. Poppy's just that that guy to get the premiership <laughs> for them. Well, <laughs> I, I, know it's a, it's, I know it's a fair chunk of the season, the first six or seven games, but if you did take that out, they're the best side in the competition. Well, they, who have uh, they been by? Geelong and Hawthorne. Three times since Yeah, the Hawthorne seven. beat them twice. So mm. Yeah. Um, and you could argue that by the time they got to Geelong, they were exhausted. So the, you have to when you have to play... It, 14 elimination finals pretty much in a row, um, you're going to have a bad ga- off game at one point. So for mine, if they don't lose the first six games, I think they're every single chance of coming first next year. Agreed. Agreed. From one daily segment to uh, the next, uh, we now have our Think on Your Feet. Uh, first get ready, question, boys. First question, ready. lads. I'm going to go straight to you, Benno, because this is uh, something that... Oh, not good on your his answer, feet, ben. Your, uh, your answer will actually interest me here. How far are Essendon from a flag? Ben, we don't have half an hour just to let you know before you answer this. Three to four years. Uh, Three to four years before they're challenging. I'll say, all right, I'll say two to three before they're challenging, four before they're a chance. Jimmy? I reckon that's not a bad shout. I mean, for mine, like Ben said, the biggest knock is ball winners and, uh, like, getting first of the ball. So... Mm. Um, someone like a top Tom Rockliffe would be all right in that that midfield. Yeah. Um, so until they really solve that problem, their forward line can only do so much. If they're not getting enough ball, it doesn't help them. So um, yeah, three to four, maybe five. Uh, five sounds like a long time for mine. So three to four is probably about right. Yeah, I'm I'm quite gun ho in the Bombers. I think they're every chance to establish themselves as a top four team in the next few years. Um, but it's it, it's very tough to predict, but yeah, why not? Go Bombers. Flag next next couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I could see three, four. I, th- I reckon uh, three or four looks uh, about right. Um, 
yeah, as you guys said, they need to have probably a couple more years into finals before they really start challenging um, in that top echelon of the ladder. Yep. Uh, question two. It's a big word for a small brain, hey? Mm. Um, number two. Sinclair, Naismith, or Tippett? Two out of the three. Who are in, Who is in your best 22? Benno. Um, I'd want to see some good form in the preseason from Tippett, but I'm leaning towards Sinclair and Naismith at the moment. Naismith is that number one ruck. Tippett really has fallen out of favour. Uh, yeah, th- that's a tough one. It's honestly three players that you can pretty much pick two of and they'll they'll perform the role for the team. But for me, Sinclair and Naismith. Bill, what do you think? Yeah, well, obviously I picked Sinclair and Tippett in my team. That was based on uh, pure at their best who will contribute most to the Swans, and I see that being Tippett and Sinclair. I think Naismith's steady, consistent. He'll do the job for you. He's more reliable. But I think potential-wise, I'm going with those two. Jim? Well, I think Tippett's ceiling is higher than either of the, or any of the three. I think his best is better than Naismith or Sinclair's, but I just don't think he delivers his best enough. So, I mean... If he's, I tend to agree with Billy. If he's fit, he's got to be fit and not just like injury free, but like he's built up his tank um, and had, had a decent preseason, which I don't know if he's going to get one or if he's just had an ankle reconstruction. But um, it's, it's a toss of the coin for mine. I'm just going to go Tippett and Naismith to be different. I'm going to go Naismith and Sinclair, pretty much, I think. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I don't think, except to the point that. <laughs> He's not in my best 22 yet. He needs to prove himself. He needs to come back from injury. And as you said, he needs to be injury fr- uh, fit and he, he needs to be free from injury and he needs to be sort of have that confidence and that performance. To consistently. Actually, consistently, yeah. yeah. Good so, to see you've got your own opinions there, Dylan. There's <laughs> uh, only the three sh- options, all right. Give me three. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a right. sheep for a reason. All right, Jimmy, you want to take us through uh, the next uh, thing on your feet? Okay, so it's a bit like a viewer question we had, actually. So would you rather... Pick two, which I think is Carlton's, isn't it? Um, uh, or trade it for two first-rounders? Mm, I think it's a tough one. Um, as a Melbourne supporter, I've seen this shuffle through the um, Dom Tyson, Josh Kelly, Christian Salem situation. I think you have to go with the pick two, but it depends on the draft class. If, they're, if you've got... Uh, a class that looks fairly spread throughout the top 10, you probably go for those two. But if there's a couple of real standouts, um, I think you have to back back yourself in for pick two. Yeah, it's um, uh, you got to take pick two just because you, you have more freedom in choosing who you want. But I think you could do something like uh, Brisbane did, uh, I think it was last year or the year before, um, last year. Uh, where they t- I think they had picked two and they traded it for three and 18 or something like, something yeah. like that. So I think that would, yeah, um, work quite well. If that ha- but again, draft class, yeah. you've got to take it into so much into consideration. I think it depends what your team's looking for as well. If you're looking to bolster that, um, that team with as much young talent as you can, obviously you trade it down. You try and get a pick around that five to seven range as well as a late first rounder. But I, I think you've just got to stick with pick two and just go for the best of the best, unfortunately. For mine, it's all dependent on what the two, first two picks are, like the two picks you're getting in exchange are. If it's 3 and 18, I think that's a pretty pretty good deal, especially if the difference between 2 and 3 isn't that big, which it sounds like it's not huge this year. So in in this year's case, I would probably go with 3 and 18, maybe even 7 and 8, which St Kilda have, but um, 
Yeah, you'd be definitely very, very reluctant to give up pick two. Uh, Billy looks like he's about to fall asleep, so we'll look like we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you so much for joining the trade table. Please join us tomorrow. We've got a really special guest coming on, Lucy Watkin. We're going to be chatting a little bit about the AFLW draft. Thank you for uh, joining us uh, on Sin as well as on our Facebook page. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Trade Table on Sin 90.7, the home of everything you need to know about the trade and free agency period, powered by AFL-TRDON. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the trade table or follow us on Twitter at the trade table.